Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and today we are covering an iconic episode of The Barefoot Contessa, a real... A real cornerstone, for me at least. I feel that most people, I, as far as like the guests that Ina has had on her show too, it's, there are like, there's some really um, like Broadway-centric guests that she has, people in, in movies, and this specific episode has Alec Baldwin and Mariska Hargitay. And I remember the first time seeing this, I was just like, it was pure bliss. I mean, just with like Alec Baldwin getting her the herbs and Mariska just setting the table, I was... Uh, completely smitten with everything and there's like it has everything you could possibly want in a Barefoot Contessa episode as far as like she entertains uh, the people that actually win the auction but I'm 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 getting ahead of myself let's 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 take it back let's wind it back a second here how is everyone how are you how is your week going it's only Tuesday I know Tuesdays are in some ways I feel the new Monday for me Mondays are always going to be Monday but Tuesday is like the first real day of kind of stepping into the week, like the work week. But um, I hope that this helps get you through it a little bit. I, I'm trying to think of anything new with me. Uh, my birthday is coming up, my 35th birthday. I feel pretty good about it. I don't really get too hung up on birthdays in general, too. I, I actually like getting older. As long as I'm healthy, bring it on. I mean, I have lower back problems, and that's always going to be... Uh, <sighs> annoying for lack of a better word but other than that I I feel good I'm excited for 35 and what that has to bring um and my birthday is actually pretty close to Ina's birthday and I found that out recently I I knew that I had a feeling she was close to me but her birthday is February 2nd and my birthday is February 4th and I don't know if I even planned this or not but I will be releasing an episode that Tuesday on Ina's birthday so I have I'm trying to look for, maybe I'll leave it up to you listeners too. I know, if you know Ina, you know that she doesn't really love surprises and she doesn't really love being the center of attention. And I guess it would be weird to have, you know, to make a birthday cake for herself. But I I don't think there's an episode, to my knowledge, where it's like Ina's birthday, where she starts the episode and says like, today's my birthday and I'm going to make a cake you know I think she loves celebrating others I know obviously she loves celebrating Jeffrey so I might try to find some birthday themed episode or maybe I since it's like our birthday weeks mine and Ina's that I'll just pick another one of my favorites and just go from there maybe there won't even be a theme it's gonna be crazy but I'm excited for that and other than that it's just been you know quarantining drinking lots of coffee and uh, working from home. I wish I had something more exciting to report, but that's kind of it for now. So before we get into the episode, I wanted to, again, thank a handful of you personally for these reviews on Apple Podcasts. I've been saying on iTunes pretty much since I've started podcasting, but it's not necessarily on iTunes. It's on like Apple Podcasts, like the app itself. Um I just had to say that out loud. But uh, the the reviews themselves are just like making my heart sing each week. It's so lovely to hear from you and to know that you're out there. So I, I wanted to quickly go through my list and thank you personally. 
So the first review is my good friend, Laura. She left a lovely review. She also gave birth to her second born this week. His name is Atticus, which I'm just like obsessed with that name too. Um, He is the cutest little peanut and I can't wait to meet him eventually when it's safe to do so. But thank you, Laura. Next, I want to thank my wonderful, handsome and supportive partner, Keon, who left me a review as well mostly because I kept bugging him to do so, but, um, <laughs> you know, relationship obligations. Next, I want to thank Tommy Sees, that's the username, and pardon the pun here, Tommy, but I've seen you almost, I leave reviews on almost all of my other podcasts too. I feel like, I would love to like hear from you. I would love to know who you are. I feel like you've been supporting me and my other podcasts for a while, and you've always been so kind Um, So thank you for joining me over here on The Good Vanilla. Next is Shannon Anita. And I believe Shannon, or she said in her review that she is an Amanda Loves a Hate Teen Mom transplant. Uh, She left a very kind and encouraging review. So thank you, Shannon. Next, we have Leah R4, who left a review pointing out my calming voice. And she also commented that she, too, does not love raisins. And I... I mean, I said in that episode too, I do like raisins, but they're not they're not going to be the first thing that I run towards, and I don't think they should be in cereal. But I do like them in, I mean, we'll talk about this eventually when we cover that episode, but um, one thing I love, and it's a recipe of Ina's, is her noodle kugel, um, which is very rich. It has like, you know, a gallon of half and half in it, and it's noodles and cinnamon It's like a dessert pasta. I have no other way to describe it. And she puts golden raisins in that. And I had that one time. I I actually didn't make it. I was having a friend's giving and someone made it and it changed my life, really. So Leah R4, I do, I don't know how you feel about raisins too. I don't hate them, but I'm cautiously, I almost said cautiously optimistic of raisins, but I'm just cautious. I, I approach raisins with caution. They have to be in certain dishes for me to really latch on to. But anyway, thank you for your review. And last but not least, we have Eric of Tarth, a listener of my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast with Colin Drucker. He writes, he's not yet a Barefoot Contessa fanatic, but he is on board and can't wait to dive in with us. So thank you, Eric, for... I'm I'm excited that... I'm probably a little bit jealous, actually, that you get to discover Ina and all the magic of the Barefoot Contessa along with us. Welcome. Ooh, I also wanted to mention one more thing. I received uh, my first email. It came from none other than the aforementioned TCM2, who I spoke about last week. He wrote a beautiful email. He is a Best Supporting Podcast listener as well, and actually has some close ties to Pittsburgh and to Erie. Ugh, Erie PA. I could go on forever about how much I love Erie. So if any of you listeners are from Erie, I'm up there quite frequently. Not, not, as much obviously with um the pandemic and everything but we kian and i usually go up there about three or four times a year um and like a good year because it's about a two-hour drive from pittsburgh and it's lovely there's presque isle there's a waldemere oh my goodness i could i just love erie so much so if any of you are from erie drop me a line i would love to talk to you about it um and i guess that's it for now so i think it's time to get into this episode because we have so much to cover i am Again, just thrilled to be here with you all and talking about this episode specifically because it's great. So Ina starts it off by saying, I'm the Barefoot Contessa. 
I've donated lunch for six for a charity auction, and today's the day they're coming. But the pressure is on. You're not going to believe how much money they raised for this. And it's a crazy amount of money. I'm not going to reveal it right now, but um, we'll get into the auction in just a bit, too. So on the menu this week is cucumber soup with shrimp, lobster and shells, which is kind of like a pasta salad of sorts, and then eaten mess, which is pretty uh, standard. It's on the, the cover. I actually have this book. How easy is that? It's the book that she gives to all her guests at the end of the episode, too. Um, but we'll get into that as we go along. And then she continues her narration by saying, I've got the best front of house help. My friend Mariska Hargitay, who is the founder and president of the charity that the lunch is for, and her friend Alec Baldwin, who is going to be my personal shopper. I bet he's wondering how that happened, <laughs> which is like her ongoing line. I think she says it another time, too. Um, but it's great. And uh, and they show like little clips of them as as she's narrating, too. And Alec Baldwin, of course, hams it up. So let's get into this first recipe, which is cucumber soup. I went back and forth with this. I watched this with Keon, and he was not thrilled about it. I don't know. And I also was like, yeah, I guess it is just like cold cucumber soup. It sounds really refreshing. So I'll stop talking and just get into it. So she starts by chopping up some English cucumbers. I actually love an English cucumber, too. I think it's pretty much all we buy now. They're like the long ones that come like almost like plastic wrapped, I guess. What is that? Like shrink wrapped. Um, She says, too, that American, I guess, did she say American cucumbers are kind of bitter? Um, And I'll buy that. I mean, obviously, the regular cucumbers are going to be a lot uh, less expensive than the the English cucumbers, too. But they're really not. They're not going to break the bank. And I think for something like this, um, they serve the the recipe really well. And I really like munching on cucumbers. in the summer, I really love a a cucumber mint, like jug of water. Like if you just like cut up some cucumbers, even if you don't have the mint too, like cutting up cucumbers and putting them in ice water, ugh, it is like, it, it makes regular water feel like, if it makes you feel like you're at the spa or something, I don't know what it is. But if you have fresh mint, by all means, yes, do that too, because it's just, I feel like it's the equivalent of putting uh like coffee and chocolate recipes it makes the chocolate taste more like chocolate i feel like the cucumber makes water taste more like water which sounds like idiotic but those of you who've had cucumber water i think you know what i'm talking about it's really really refreshing and i i think this episode also takes place on like the hottest day of the year especially because alec baldwin is like sweating the entire time um so she starts this uh, recipe off by put like chopping up the cucumbers and then she puts the Greek yogurt into it and then one and a half cups of half and half, which is just like, I I mean, I, I'm running out of, um, I just don't know if I would want to consume that much half and half. <laughs> I guess if it was like baked into something, because if you really think about it, there's juice from the cucumber and then there's the half and half. And that's really the only like liquid components of these soup. I would rather have milk, just like, you know, whole milk or something than half and half. But maybe it makes it better. I'm assuming it does. Um, anyway, moving on. So she also puts some scallions in and some red onions. Uh, and then she starts talking about Marishka's charity because of her work at Law & Order SVU, she decided to start a charity called the Joyful Heart Foundation. 
and their vision is a, is essentially to uh, to create a world that's free of sexual assault, domestic violence, and child abuse. And then Ina adds, of course, she's like, it's an amazing charity, uh, which it is. I I fully support that, obviously, and it's cool that Mariska asked Ina to to do this. I love that that was like one of the. Th- I wonder. I often wonder, like, which celebrities are, like, really friends with each other that hang out? Like, I want to hear, like, unlikely duos. Because I wouldn't think, like, Mariska and Ina are, like, close. But I love that they are. So then they show a clip from the Joyful Heart annual gala. And we see this bidding war. It's it's really funny because Alec Baldwin's like, all right, I think it's time to take it to another level. And then they announce that it's basically a dinner or lunch at Ina Garden's house. Which, I mean, if I had that money. So they start the bidding war at $80,000. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, I know it's for a good cause, so great. But it's just crazy. I, I wish I had that much money to like throw around. And it's a room full of like these rich people, um, celebrities. I saw th- there's like kind of a bidding war between two different tables um, and one of the, 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 the table that actually ends up losing, I don't know if he was like related to this woman, but it's Matthew Morrison is at the table, uh, who is, he played Mr. Shoe in Glee. I can't believe that was the first reference that I came up with. Uh, he was also, he played the original Link in Hairspray way back in the day. And he was also in, uh, played Fabrizio in The Light in the Piazza. Definitely a Broadway guy who has made his transition to like into television and stuff. Um, I also, oh my God, speaking of this, Matthew Morrison was also, he just was in a production of like The Grinch. I didn't watch it. I, and I know a lot of people were like coming after him because, I mean, would he be my first choice to cast in as The Grinch? Probably not, but he's a talented guy. Like, I felt, I, I think that we, we deserve, or he deserves a little, you know, some grace here because no one's ever going to be Jim Carrey. Like, he, they're just not going to be Jim Carrey. I would never even want to even attempt to do that. But he did, and I'm sure it was fine. Moving on. So Ina takes all the ingredients of this cucumber soup and basically just puts it in a food processor and then pours it in a big bowl and kind of just stores it away for later. I think the thing that <laughs> the thing that was kind of weird about the cucumber soup was there was like a, a, a frothy foam on top that I don't... I don't know. And I know like when she actually ladles it out later, like the the froth doesn't really it's just it's like a layer of froth and then like the soup. It's almost like a, a cucumber latte. You have the milk on top and then the coffee on the bottom. But uh, I think I would definitely still try this. Has anyone made this? Let me know because I'm 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 genuinely curious. So now we transition over to Alec Baldwin buying produce at Quail Farm. Quail Farms? I don't know if there's an S at the end of it, but this is definitely um, you know, if when I start that tour of East Hampton, the Barefoot Contessa tour, this is definitely going to be something that I on, add on to at Quail Farms. But I guess you have to have a membership. So maybe we'll just drive by and like see if Alec Baldwin and I are shopping there. But there's Quail Farms, there's Lowe's and Fishes, there's Amber Waves, and then Michael's Flower Shop. Those are the four places I have. So we'll just keep adding to those as the podcast goes on. So Alec gets out of the car and I swear he doesn't look like he is hung over but his voice sounds like it is he you know when someone like they're talking and they they just have to clear their throat a little bit and they don't that's like how he start. let's that's, that's this, this entire segment and he said but it's still funny he still gets to and, and you know that alec has that low sort of 
gravelly voice like this. I, I can't do it. But uh, he kind of, he, he makes it work. He's funny. So he says, now there are things that I find challenging and things that I find very challenging. And I would put shopping for groceries for the Barefoot Contessa in the very challenging category. It's like that classic, like, Alec Baldwin cadence in his comedy that I think works so well. It just reminds, like, he's forever going to be Jack Donaghy to me, like, forever and ever. So I kind of appreciated that approach to this. Uh, so he talks about Quail Farm or Quail Hill. Why did I write Quail Hill? Maybe it is Quail Hill Farms. Let me look this up. Okay, so I just looked it up. It's actually Quail Hill Farm without the S, and I left out the hill when I first... I think I was typing so furiously that I just forgot the hill. So Quail Hill Farm, it's in Amagansett, New York, and it says it's one of the original community-supported agriculture farms in the U.S., which is kind of fun. So I do love this idea. I don't necessarily know how it works, but Alec talks about like him and Ina are members, and I guess... And it's like harvest day. So I guess what they do, this is like how I made it up in my mind, I think. I feel like they have this harvest. You pay like a monthly subscription or maybe like yearly subscription to Quail Hill Farm. And you just come and pick up stuff. I wonder if there's like a limit though. Sounds really lovely. And everything like this produce is, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Like the cherry tomatoes that he gets. Oh, let's, okay, let me just stop talking here. So actually, yeah, that's my next note. So perfect segue, Nick. (laughs) Uh, He picks up some cherry tomatoes, orange peppers, and sweet corn. And the cherry tomatoes are like, they're like the size of grapes. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they're just like smaller than like a a cherry. I mean, I guess they're cherry tomatoes, but they're just like the the perfect size. I was really impressed by them. And he gives like this knowing smile to the camera. uh, Alec, that is. And then he talks to this guy named Scott, who was like this sweet man with like a like a ZZ Top beard and like a t-shirt. Um, and you could tell he's like not ready to be on camera, but he's like, I'll go along with this. Uh, so Alec tells him, he says, I'm picking up some vegetables for Ina Garten. And then Scott looks at the camera as if he's about to say like, zoinks. It's like this, it's just like this cut. It's so perfect. And then they pan back to Alec and he also like gives a face. It's perfect. So then he asks Scott for some fresh dill and scallions and Scott points him to like the best field to get them. He says, Alec, they're going to be over there. And then Alec turns to the camera and says, a man's got to do what a man's got to do for fresh dill and scallions. And after Alec says that Scott does sort of break character a little bit and smiles, it's really precious. I I love this whole scene. So Alec picks the herbs and Scott checks in with him and says, did you get everything that you need? And Alec says, well, the easy part is done. Now I got to get these past Ina and speaking of Ina we go back to the cucumber soup she's kind of finishing up the last touches she's she adds some dill and some fresh lemon juice oh wait no she no she just adds the dill at this point the lemon juice is at the very end and she just gives it a mix and throws it in the refrigerator okay so the next thing Ina makes oh my gosh I I must and will make this over the summer because it just looks delicious it's lobster and shells and this is like the perfect example i mean we all know that ina loves a high it's like the highbrow lowbrow sort of mix and I, I i will admit i think it's such a great idea like if you take like this is a perfect idea of just like shells like pasta which is like i guess simple it's not necessarily lowbrow but and then elevate it with like some some lobster or if you get i think like another example just off the top of my head would be like some sort of hot dog but like with really really 
great toppings, like high-end sort of. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but you know what I'm talking about. It's kind of like, it's definitely part of her aesthetic, and I do like it a lot. So she starts by cooking the shells uh, in water obviously so she starts by cooking the shells and she says she's going to cook them for eight to ten minutes until they're al dente i know <laughs> I was like, you don't have to give me like a full giada like italian pronunciation but i feel that most americans know how to say al dente correct correctly i wonder <laughs> i wonder if like ina says like vente at starbucks as opposed to venti little those are like little i mean Granted, some of those words are hard. I think of, like, my mom trying to order something at Panera, and she doesn't know how to say, like, Asiago or Chiabata. It's just, like, she just can't. I think my mom knows by now how to say it, but it's so fascinating how, like, some people don't know how to pronounce it. I'm not, like, reading anyone, but it's I just, like, I'm surprised they didn't tell Ina to, like, <laughs> do another take. You're like, Ina, it's al dente. Can you say it that way? Uh, she said al dente. Shame on you, Ina. But I love you. Anyway, Alex shows up with the herbs, and he looks a little sweaty, I will say. Uh, I feel like it really is a hot day. He picks up, uh, and Ina opens the door, and they have, like, a lovely exchange, and and uh, Alec picks up, like, a cherry tomato and, like, casually just, like, pops it in his mouth and says, like, I'll be back for lunch. And Ina says, okay, and then she's like, like I was going to tell Alec Baldwin he brought the wrong produce, and then she smiles and closes the door. And then she goes back into the kitchen to prep the rest of the lobster and shells. Um, I ca- okay, I can't remember if I've addressed corn on the cob yet on the podcast. I I do like it. I'll start by saying that um, for sure. I think there's something like inherently like really summery about it. Like because that's when corn is like in you know peak season. Sweet corn. It's like at least in Pittsburgh and like in my hometown. Like there are a lot of like ma and pa like on the side of the road veggie and fruit stands and there's like there's one corn stand like in my hometown of north huntington pennsylvania that's uh everyone goes to it's called denny sweet corn and it's like the only place to go and people are obsessed with it too but i will say i wish there was an easier i mean i know there is an easier way to eat uh popcorn (laughs) popcorn an easier way to eat corn on the cob because it's just a mess and i don't mind messy foods like i feel like the messiest of the messy are like like chicken wings or like if you're eating ribs or something like that like i don't mind getting my hands dirty but there's something about corn on the cob that like it's like hot and then you got to use like those little baby corn things it's like they're like teeny tiny corns inside another piece of corn and it just immediately goes into my teeth and you can't, you kind of can't, you have to like kind of excuse yourself from the table after you've eaten it. Like I just find the whole process like too much for me. I just, I can't do it. I don't really get excited over it as much as I used to, but I will say the way that she, the way that Ina is cutting it right now is the way that my grandma Kachanov used to cut her corn too. And I think it's perfect because she, she cut it that way because she had false teeth and she was always afraid that to chew uh, or the, to eat corn on the cob because she thought her teeth would fly out, which I feel is, uh, that's valid. But what Ina does is she kind of stands it on, like, she calls it, like, it's little, uh, what does she say? Her behind? Or rear end. She's, like, just stand it on its rear end, and then she just slides her knife down, and all the kernels just gently um, fall away. And Ina didn't do this, but maybe she does it another time, or maybe I just saw it somewhere else a hot tip for anyone who's cutting kernels off a a cob of corn if you have a bunt pan is you put the corn right in the middle of that circle on its rear end 
and then you just cut the kernels off and they fall into the bunt pan that's why it's easier to collect because Ina makes a joke she's like uh she's like it gets all over the kitchen but then you can collect them that's what she says but uh I think the bunt pan is the way to go honestly so she's cutting off this corn and I will say also there are <laughs> it's like an unreasonable amount of hair in the corn. Whoever did the shucking here, I don't know if it was Ina or maybe like an assistant. There's too much hair. I'm I'm surprised this past like this air this corn is not on air ready. Like I feel like they should have maybe did a couple more pluckings of the hair there too because you can see it when she even dumps it into the pasta water that there's a an abundance of hair. And corn hair sucks. I mean, sometimes it's easy to like shuck, I guess, but sometimes it's they're like really stuck in the grooves and stuff. So I'm just surprised. But um, who cares at the same time? <laughs> so she does put the corn with the pasta, which I think is like also really smart to cook them both at the same time. And then she while that's cooking, she chops up some scallions, some bell peppers and then drains the pasta. And this is where I love playing the game of what is Ina going to say when she drains pasta water or potatoes, like boiled potatoes? Because <laughs> there's always something. My favorite options are, whoa, because she like, especially if it's like a big, like stock pot of something that she's draining, because obviously there's going to be steam and it always like catches her in the face. And then my second favorite thing that she says, like, I feel like I'm getting a facial or some offhand comment like that. I do love when Ina dumps hot liquids in the sink, which is a weird sentence. But I think anyone who watches the show knows exactly what I'm talking about. So let's talk about Mariska. This is her segment. She's looking fabulous in this eggplant dress. And is she has like a statement necklace on. It's like this silver. It's, it's perfect. She's kind of neatly laying down these fluorescent green and white striped napkins, which sounds like it wouldn't work but they're actually pretty perfect for the table setting and they match her really well too. Um, and she's kind of setting those napkins down and then they cut back to Ina, uh, who's making the sauce for the la- uh, the lobster, the lobster and the shells, which is mayo, sour cream, and some lemon juice to thin it out. Lovely. She pours it over the salad and it, this is like a miracle that she's able to toss it because everything that's like in that bowl, like it was a huge glass bowl And I've been here before, too, where it's just like, oh, man, I should have put this in a bigger bowl, but I'm too lazy to get a bigger bowl because I don't want to wash another bowl. It's it's a dilemma. But Ina, I mean, she's a pro. She probably had to deal with this all the time at the Barefoot Contessa um, specialty food store, like making stuff in bulk. So she I feel like the counter was so high, too, but she managed to do it. So she tops it off with a sprinkle of fresh dill. And this salad looks incredible. I, I love everything that's in it. She also puts the lobster in as well, too. I forgot to mention that. But uh, it just looks... It's a perfect summer dish. And this is actually the main course. It's not a salad on the side. I feel like it can be sort of presented as both. Um, but I cannot wait to try this. So now we go back to Mariska and Ina. They decorate the table with hydrangeas. And they look like... I'm not a flower guy, but I feel like they're daisies. I don't think they're a Gerber daisy, but I feel like it's just a daisy. I'm not good with flowers. I'm sorry. But uh, it looks really elegant and just like just elegant enough, but also casual enough at the same time. So next, Ina is back in the kitchen and she is making Eaton mess. And Eaton is spelled E-T-O-N mess. And she says it's an old fashioned dessert from English boarding school. 
So she puts some fresh raspberries in a pan with some sugar and lemon juice. And I want to mention this because I feel like it's like, it's just like a little subtle thing that I noticed uh, later on. She's like, the funny thing about this is I'm going to have everyone assemble their own. I think it's going to be really fun, which I think is kind of cool that it, it just kind of changes up the whole dessert thing. It kind of makes you feel like you're a kid again. I feel like Ina does like serving a lot of things buffet style so everyone can just serve themselves. And I feel like in general, too, that's a, it's an easier way to entertain, really, as you just like get put everything out and just like help yourselves. That way there's no like sitting at a table. Everyone can kind of just get what they want and sort of, you know, socialize and have a great time. But more about that later because it comes in later as far as everyone assembling their own eaten mess. Uh, but she tells us that she's going to have both cooked raspberries and fresh raspberries in the sauce, which I also think is really clever because I do like, I mean, I love a good raspberry sauce, but I, I like the idea of having like at the very end after it's cooked to just dump a little bit more, um, like a handful of like the fresh raspberries just to kind of give some texture, I guess. And then we move on to some homemade whipped cream, which honestly, like, I feel is such a, um, what am I going to say? Underused. It's like, here's like, I, I have bought like Cool Whip for the longest time for most of my life too. But whipped cream is probably the easiest thing to make ever. You just dump it in. You can use a hand mixer. You can use a stand mixer, like whatever you have. But it really doesn't take too long. And I think it's a, a really big wow factor because it, it's an, it's something that can easily impress a crowd without like really putting much effort into. One time we were over our friend Kate's house and she was like, I think I'm going to make fr like, uh, it was just like on a whim. She had some fresh strawberries and she's like, I think I'm going to make homemade whipped cream. And I was like, what? And then she made it and it was so good with the strawberries. And it's just such a simple thing. I feel like recently I made a bourbon vanilla whipped cream, which was, uh, it was like chef's kiss. And I got the idea indirectly from Ina but um my friend Nikki I was at a friend's giving one time and she made oh my god it was like I think it's an Ina recipe it's like these um what are they called they're like pumpkin pie bars maybe but it's also it's like pumpkin pie on the top and then it's like it tastes like pecan pie on the bottom and and then she made this homemade bourbon whipped cream to put on top of it I died I couldn't believe that it actually existed so it's like probably my favorite like new Thanksgiving treat so, and I think it's an Ina recipe. And really, homemade whipped cream is is not too much fuss. Like I said, it's just heavy whipping cream, the good vanilla, and powdered sugar. That's And you can add, like, I add a little bit more sugar than she, I think she put, like, two tablespoons in. Sometimes I add a little bit more. I just, like, kind of dump the bag and because it, it always tastes better when it's a little bit sweeter. Oh, and when she adds the vanilla in for this episode, she does say two teaspoons of the good vanilla and then she smells it and says my favorite and looks at the t <laughs> looks at the camera so she said like this is granted like our first time of her saying the good vanilla but i'm sure there are early episodes my goal is to find out the first episode where she actually says good vanilla i wonder when that is so she's finishing off the, the raspberry sauce she puts in the fresh raspberries and then she puts in framboise eau de vie raspberry brandy which sounds very decadent um and then she's stirring this all with a fork. And I thought you weren't supposed to use forks at the bottom of a skillet. Keon yells at me all the time. He doesn't yell at me. But anytime I have like a spoon, but mainly a fork, if I'm like stirring something in a skillet, which I randomly do anyway, I 
I feel like it takes like the Teflon off, but she's not using a nonstick pan. She's using like, what's the opposite of a nonstick pan? Like a stick pan. Um, it's like that, that silver one. So maybe it can handle it. And I know she's not like scraping the bottom of it with it. She's kind of just gently tossing everything, but it made me nervous for that pan. So if anyone knows if you can use a fork on a, the opposite of a nonstick pan, whatever that is, I guess it's, I guess it's, I almost said legal. I guess it's legal. Okay, so it's time to get this party started. The guests show up. Oh my gosh, I didn't even tell you. Oh my God, I can't believe. I just like went on to the next section without telling you about the bidding war. They they actually ended up selling the lunch for six at Ina Gardens. They raised $100,000, which again sounds crazy, but it's all going to a good cause. So I'm not really that upset about it because the money's going to a good place. But I just I just can't believe that that happened just casually, you know, like on a Saturday night, one night in New York, the people just got together and did that. But I would feel the pressure of <laughs> trying of having to entertain six people. But I one thing about Ina that she mentioned earlier, too, is when she talked about the lobster and shells is like the more sophisticated and fancy that someone thinks the party's going to be the more she likes to dial it down and make it more casual and just like home style I guess because she says everyone will be comfortable and I do think there is a sense of if you see fancy food and if you're dressed up you feel like you have to sort of I don't know put on this persona or just kind of you know you're at you're at dinner at Ina's and she's serving you foie gras and you know caviar but she kind of I think it does make it more casual and it makes everyone relax like she's saying to have something a little bit more down to earth and earthy dare I say so these women show up these six rich white women show up to Ina's house and they all kiss Ina on the cheek and I think like it's probably just because of the pandemic, but I just feel like it was so intrusive. I don't know if I would ever reach I, upon meeting her to just like go in and kiss her on the cheek. And she's holding this champagne. She's like held hostage by this champagne tray because she can't really hug any of them. And I think like the women wanted to do something. And the first woman, first woman kisses her on the cheek and then everyone does it. I was like, that's too much. And I'm, <laughs> I'm always like, I feel like in general, I'm... From my personal experience, I'm always like a huge ball of stress and panic every time I'm with Keon's family when it comes to greeting people, because in Lebanon, it's not a double kiss. It's a triple kiss, which is um, it's just terrifying. I I'm willing to do it. But I think where I where like my anxiety comes in is I don't know. It's very in America. It's very like. When, like we don't kiss other men on the cheek like ever it's just not a part of our thing and i'm i'm open to it i'm certainly willing to do it but the the three kisses is just uh it's excessive and i just don't know who's willing to accept the kiss and who's not and sometimes i just go for it and then i feel weird because i was like was i not supposed to give him three kisses it's crazy um <laughs> but i don't mind a double kiss but i think with the three kisses i wish they would just tell me how many kisses they want like when I say hello they're like three please and then I just give them the kiss and beat I just the the uncertainty of it is just enough to you know <laughs> make me want to jump off a cliff I just don't know how to greet people and I know Keon's gonna listen to this and, and laugh at me because I'm a mess but um those are my thoughts on double and triple kissing weigh in everyone so after Ina gets bombarded with kisses on the cheek, she goes back and, uh, to finish off the cucumber soup. And this is where she puts the last finishing touch, which is uh, some lemon juice. And then she 
puts just like ever so casually three shrimp in it and then brings it back out. And it does look like a good dish. I would definitely try it. And Alec brags about picking the dill and all the women just swoon over Alec. It's funny though. It's a, it's like a bit because he's like, do you see the dill in this? I pick that. And he is sweating here. I see like the sides of his hair. It makes me think again that this is like a they were filming on like a really, really hot day. I would be miserable. I, I am on team like I never want summer ever like I do like summer but I hate being hot I on days like this where you just know there's like the sun is just like beating down on you like I would be sweating through my shirt it would just not be comfortable for me and I, I feel for Alec <laughs> even with the heat uh the women still all love the cucumber soup and they're ooing and eyeing and gushing over it and telling Ina it's delicious and speaking of delicious the lobster and shells are next um, she, she walks out, Ina walks out with the main course and she's holding it and she's like li literally like footsteps away from the first guest and she's like, next is the lobster and shells. I hope they like it. And, but she's like talk. it's like as if she was, it seems like it was something she should have said in the kitchen, but she said it as she was like walking up to the person. It just made me laugh. Um, she hands the plate to Meredith, her name is, because of course her name is Meredith. Um, so she hands everyone the lobster and shells and they're kind of eating and Alec continues his bit about helping with the food and says, you know, Ina is not the only one responsible for this dish. And they all clap for Alec. <laughs> and Alec like shoves. It's really funny. I don't know how to describe it. Like if you watch the episode, you'll know what I'm talking about. But as they're clapping for him, Alec like shoves his face into his napkin. It's really hysterical. And he, but then he starts like dabbing his face because it's so hot outside um, and then Alec continues the conversation. He asks the group what their favorite dessert is. He's like, because I can name mine. And then Ina just interrupts. She's like, I hope, I hope it's what I'm serving for dessert. Okay, just hold that thought. <laughs> so weird. And then she goes back to the kitchen to get eaten mess. Uh, she preps these like sort of like baby meringues. I have this like, I don't know what you would call it. You know, when you get um chills from like nails on a chalkboard. So Oddly enough, like when she was breaking apart these meringues, that, it gives me the chills. I don't know what it is about it. It just feels, I like, I prefer like a chewy meringue. By the way, I will still eat a meringue. Like I'm not totally above it, but like when she breaks it, it's just that like really dry sort of squeaky sound. I also get the same way about cotton balls. Is anyone else... Does anyone else have that weird thing about cotton? Like when you pull a cotton ball apart, blah, I just like thought of it. I, it's really hard for me to touch like cotton balls and pull it apart. There's like that little like squeak that happens. Blah, I don't like it. Um, so if you are also afflicted by that, <laughs> let me know. So I know that I'm not the only one. But anyway, she, she takes these meringues. She puts them in a bowl. She gets the whipped cream and she also gets the raspberry uh, sauce, we'll call it. And then she takes it out to a little table outside. It's very cute. Ina calls everyone over and she explains it to uh, to everyone. But it's very short to say again. Everyone is going to make their... Everyone is going to be making it themselves. <laughs> and then right on cue, Mariska is like, great. And then she just like shoves her glass in Ina's face and I was like, okay, I'll make Marishka's to show you how it's done. Um, but it was just funny that Marishka was just like, well, can you make mine at least? Uh, and she does sort of layer it up for her too. And it, it looks great. I think it starts with the, the raspberries and then uh, the meringues and then the whipped cream. Yeah, 
and then you just kind of repeat the process. They're kind of in these almost like champagne flutes. It's really like elegant and simple and it does really look great. I would love to try that. I feel with like the texture of the meringue, even though I just like said how I hate the texture of meringues, I would I would definitely eat it, but I don't want to touch it. <laughs> if that makes sense. I don't know. I'm weird. And then after Ina makes Marishka's, Ina says, how easy is that? And then Marishka like looks at the camera and says, how easy is that? I hope she like obviously knows the reference. I, I feel like Marishka's an Ina watcher. Who knows? So next, Alec has to get in there. He's like, all right, Marishka, move over. And it's like a, like a little bit of a bit, and all the ladies just laugh. And Alec makes his, and it looks like a kindergartner made it. And there's like this whole joke about, look at Ina's, and then look at Alec's. He's just hopeless, and everyone just laughs. And then Ina says the line that I feel, it's not a pet peeve of mine, but it's just funny. When, when people say, we haven't had any fun today, have we? And everyone's just like, I hate that line. I feel that that's a line that's like very often heard in like a new work environment. Like we don't have any fun here as you're like getting the tour of the office. You know what I mean? But like the fun that they're having is not even like real fun. I don't know. It's like if you have to say that you're probably not having fun. (laughs) That's how I feel. It's a very sweet sentiment, but I think we need to retire that saying. Okay. So now it's time to say goodbye to the guests. Ina brings out gift bags and she gives them each a copy of How Easy Is That, which features Eaton Mess on the cover. And Alec, I feel like Alec is a little bit tipsy here because he like (laughs) steals the book from the lady, the first woman, maybe it's Meredith, who knows, that she gives it to and says, look, look what's on the cover because it's the Eaton Mess that they just made. And Ina was like, oh yeah, I didn't even notice. I, I was like, Ina, that's the cover of your book. I hope you noticed. Uh, it was really funny though. And then everyone gets their, um, you know, their little goodie bag and Marishka's giving everyone hugs. Ina, or Ina, Alec does not touch anyone, I don't think, or at least they didn't show it. I don't know if he's like, if he's getting kisses on the cheek or if he's just like, no, 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 thank you. But, um, it's very sweet and they all leave. And the last line of the episode, it's just like, Marishka's in the middle and she has her arm around Ina and Alex on the other side. And then she's like, Ina, let's go cook something up. But she says something. She says, Ina. Oh, she says, hey, hey, Ina, let's go cook something up. And then Ina just loses it. And then that's the end of the episode. Hard cut, as they say. Ah, what a great episode. I am so glad I remembered that one. I've been looking for it for a while. And I happened to just be on Discovery Plus. uh, And I saw it. So I I knew I was going to wait till summer because it is the perfect summer episode. But there are a ton of summer episodes that I'm sure are just as great as this one so i'm looking forward to that and i guess that's all i have for you today thank you everyone again for listening if you want to follow the podcast on social media you can find it on instagram and twitter at good vanilla pod and you can also send me an email at good pod at gmail.com with your thoughts on i don't know cotton balls corn on the cob uh, whatever <laughs> hit me up And if you are enjoying the podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kochanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.